You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls? Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. And we actually do have, I think, one new caller? Two? One? Let me check make sure. Okay. Just the one new caller. So new caller, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is Ken from Nina. Uh, you mentioned that you were kind of late on calls, so I figured I could call in and annoy you. Appreciate um, it. To start off, I wanted to put my prediction in for the Packers. I think they're going to be 8-9 and nine this year. Um, I think there's a, a lot that with new players and young players that uh, everybody has to learn, and I feel like they're going to stumble a bit because of that. But I feel like they're building a team to peak in three years, so I'm not too concerned about this year and next year. It's really year three, are they going to peak, and then, of course, try to maintain that after that. Yep. Uh, the other thing I wanted to call about was um, uh, some of the other announcers' um, podcasts or whatnot will talk about um, the chances of love being a top quarterback and the probability of that, and I know you've kind of debated that, and I, I feel a little differently. Um, one of the things you mentioned is you take the data away and just kind of look at the numbers, the probability that <clears throat> that can still happen, and, and I certainly agree it can. Um, but I like playing board games, and if you think of those dice with a lot of sides on it, if if we roll the 32-sided dice, the yeah. chance of coming up with one would be one in 32. Right. But really, I think if it comes up with a five, a one through five, that would be close enough to be like, hey, this it's a pretty top quarterback, and I feel like Barb and Rodgers are probably in the top five quite a few times. So really, it would be a five in the 32 chance with a, a .16. Um, I used... Uh, the Google AI to help me out with this because I've never done anything past high school math. <laughs> and then if I look at doing that three times in a row, that probability is point zero zero one eight zero six. So I kind of see where they're coming from um, on how the numbers can show that the probability of this happening would be really low. With that said, I think obviously we have the data. We have the Packers who are really good at developing quarterbacks. We have a good offensive line and a good offense in general. Um, so I think the opportunity for Love to do well is really, really good. Um, but if you're just looking at the numbers, it does seem to me to be pretty rare that something like that would happen. So that was my call, my first call. Um, and uh, maybe I'll have some more after this. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate your call, Ken. Um, and I had to Google how to spell Nina. I kind of had it in my head, and I was like, no, I don't think that's right. And I had to Google it, and I was like, all right, now I got it. Because um, Google put it as N-I-N-A. I'm like, no, that ain't it. Um, no, but I appreciate the call and you're right. I, I think I got the gist of what you're saying down the stretch there. I'm not, I probably am missing a little bit of it, but, um, yeah, I, I don't want to give the impression that the Packers have a good chance with Jordan Love at him being anything, whatever, right? I, I've, I've made the point before that I'm technically low on Jordan Love. Like if you, if you said gun to my head right now, is he going to be at a good quarterback? Even I, I think my answer would be no. Now, I, I might be mistaken on that. You'd have to look, you know, define what good means and then look at all first-round picks. Is it 50-50? I mean, again, we're just talking good here. 
So there's some that would qualify that certainly are not Aaron Rodgers tier or Joe Burrow tier or Pat Mahomes tier, but they're still good. Um, but, I mean, if you're talking that tier, then no, I, I definitely would be much more... I mean, gun to my head, I'm never going to be comfortable with it, but um, the, the odds are not in our favor that Jordan Love's going to be good. And, and, and again, th- these are independent factors. This is not looking at Jordan Love. It's the same as what I talked about before when you're talking about the statistics of the thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm isolating the fact that Rodgers and Favre have nothing to do with love. I'm, I'm completely isolating that. I'm not saying that there aren't factors that could play into that as a result. For example, like maybe this proves the Packers are better at looking at quarterbacks. Or all. I'm simply isolating that to make the one point, right? And same here. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't believe in love based on anything love has really done. I mean, there are separate factors that you can talk about. I'm on this one particular point simply saying that the odds are low. And that goes for the next quarterback as well. If this doesn't pan out, and let's say we pick at pick 13 next year, and so we're not getting the top two quarterbacks, but we get, you know, there's always those quarterbacks, uh, Justin Fields and and Mac Jones and and, uh, Pat Mahomes, but those guys that are kind of in the middle somewhere, I don't think they generally pan out, but kind of, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know that I would have high. I don't even know who that human being is. I don't know what their college record is. I don't know how amazing they've been. I don't know what the comp is. Is it Lamar Jackson? Is it Pat Mahomes? Is it um, whatever? I don't even know. All I know, and this is true of, of all draft picks, different data for different things, but there is a relatively high chance they're not going to be an elite football player. That's just a reality, no matter what. Look at how many teams have swung and swung. I mean, the New York Jets, good Lord, every year it seemed like they were getting another first-round pick quarterback. I mean, freaking Sanchez. and Ugh. Think back about all the disasters like Johnny Manziel and just, you know, even again, the quote-unquote good quarterbacks that were never really great, like, you know, Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota or whatever. You don't want to be stuck with that. Andy Dalton, I think he was a first-round pick. It's not good, man. You don't want that. But the point is, you got to swing, and we did swing. And um, sometimes they do pan out, and it's just a question of, is he one of the guys that pans out or not? And we all got our, our pet data, you know. Some of us, you know, cherry-pick the data based on what we want to believe. Some people really hate the Jordan Love pick, so of course, their favorite data is, well, his final year of college was terrible, the Chiefs game was terrible, there was bad news coming out of camp, you know, early on, like 2020 and 2021, um, he had interception issues, and, you know, so we, I think he's going to continue that, and that's going to be a problem, right? We we handpick which stats we choose to like and don't like. If you're a Jordan Love fan, you would pretty much try to ignore everything except 2022, right? He had a pretty good offseason, pretty solid preseason, real solid little glimpse in that Eagles game. You focus on... Mike Mart said I'd sell the farm for him, and the Packers think he's Rodgers 2.0, and Darius Slay saying he looked like Rodgers out there. But we don't know, man. But no, overall, I, I definitely agree. It, it is a long shot. And, and again, that's not a critique of Jordan Love. It's just a reality. Finding a top quarterback is tough. Chiefs have been irrelevant basically since the last time we kicked the crap out of them in the Super Bowl. Like the first one. <laughs> Until they found Pat Mahomes, right? And, you know, that could be us. And I understand where people are frustrated and angry about losing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, my whole thing isn't isn't that, you know, it, it, coming from a standpoint of ungrateful. It's just, it has to happen sometime, dude. I mean, it's not going to last forever. I'm sorry. I know it sucks. I wish we can keep Rodgers forever. I wish Rodgers was just 
25 years old for eternity. I would sign right now. I don't give a crap what substances he's taking. I really, I mean, as long as he's willing to come here and, and, and try and he's motivated and all that, if you get motivated 25-year-old Rodgers who wants to be a Packer for every moment that I take a breath on this earth and he can leave as soon as I die, right now I would sign that paperwork. Sorry, Jordan Love. I'm sure you'll be great somewhere else. No way in the world am I passing up this opportunity. That's not even a question. But unfortunately, we live in the real world where that's not an option. And we've got a guy who is really talented, who was drafted in the first round, who's been groomed in this system, who was handpicked for this system, who's learned behind Aaron Rodgers, that is starting to show that he's ready to be a quarterback. And we have Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't want to be here, doesn't really like it here, showing some cracks, he's very old, said he doesn't want to play football anymore and wanted to retire this year. So he's on the verge of retirement anyways. Uh, I don't think it's a difficult choice, you know? Should we do away with love and say, screw that guy, so we can squeeze out one more year of, of Rodgers before he decides to actually retire? Like, come on, man, this isn't a choice. This is not a choice. I wish we had a choice. I wish we could have Rodgers forever. Again, I would sign on the dotted line. I would do it, but it's not an option. So we got to move forward into this uh, scary territory. And yes, we might be bad, and that just means we're going to have to be brave brave little soldiers to weather the storm and be able to handle it. Oh, shucks, we're a bad football team and people make fun of us and all oh, that sucks. Yeah, no, it's not good. Not looking forward to getting trolled online all the time. Vikings and Bears and everybody else, you suck. Oh, yeah, freaking, I know. Sucks to suck, believe me, I know. But it is what it is, dude. Oh, well, guess what the good news is, though? We still get to be Packer fans and we still get to root for the Packers. What do you want, scamming freak? calling me when I'm doing the podcast some scammy nonsense. Anyways, again, appreciate the call. Craig, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan, it's Craig. Hey. Um, yeah, smoked meatloaf. I called in about nine months ago, talked about that. Yep. You may recall that, um, to do that one of the tricks I learned with that is to put it in a uh, cupcake pan. So you put individual meatballs. I think it, when you, oh, when you did brilliant. the Packernet, uh, description. It was. I think he called them meatball muffins or something. Which okay. that's a good. That's a good uh, description. <laughs> but uh, just any. You can follow your any basic meatloaf recipe. It doesn't have to be anything different than what you would do in the oven. Um, some do talk about putting a dollop of ketchup or barbecue sauce on them near the end. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you just kind of pull them out with um, um, some tongs, and you can put uh, you know one or two on everyone's plates which is kind of cool as a serving. Yep. And, um, again, I think it, it, it tends to be a little smokier than if you do a, a complete, um, you know, bread pan full of yeah, uh, meat. Um, just, I don't know, it seems like there's maybe maybe a little bit more surface area. I'm not sure. It definitely cooks faster, which is also the nice thing about that. So mm -hmm. hope you do give that a shot. It is great. It's the best way to eat meatloaf. So I would agree with, uh, with who called in, uh, after they, they tried it. So give it a shot, buddy. It's good stuff. Take care. Bye. I miss meatloaf, man. I grew up in a meat and potatoes family. There was always just like a meat, which was usually not very good, like mashed potatoes and a vegetable. Like that was, that was the staple, you know, occasionally you get something else, but that was it. And meatloaf was just one of those things, man. And I loved meatloaf. That was so good, but I haven't had it in forever. And, um, yeah, I got to get me a good meatloaf recipe. Get me some meatloaf going. I got, I got the ground beef. Sitting out there in the freezer. 
What else do you need? You need, I'm guessing bread. There's always like those chunks of bread in there for some random reason. We got olive oil, onion, thyme, salt, pepper, Worcestershire sauce, chicken stock or broth, tomato paste, ground chuck. I don't have ground chuck, but I got ground beef. Uh, breadcrumbs, eggs, ketchup, which I would use barbecue sauce. I mean, I'd, I'd, I could get down on that, man. Those, those onions got to be chopped a little more fine than that, though. I see the chunks, like massive chunks of onions in here. No offense to Ina Garten, who uh, came up with the Food Network's recipe here, but no thanks. And no, I'm not doing ketchup. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, do, I, I do have way too much meat in my fridge right now. Um, I got a little bit ambitious. We got like... Th- I wanted to get two things of meat, but whatever. I ended up accidentally getting two of the wrong kinds of meat. But anyways, I've got three things. I should put them in the freezer, but I hate thawing meat so much that it's like, you know what? I'm just going to... Put it in here and trust that I'm going to get these all cooked up fast enough that it's not going to go bad. It's the ultimate barbecue Russian roulette. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Ron from Eau Claire. What Just up? giving you a call to ask a simple question. Oh, boy. You're Which yeah, office boy. character do you relate to the most personally? Um, <clears throat> do you find yourself uh, gravitating towards one or two of the characters more than the others or seeing kind of personality traits. Second question, um, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but one question that I, a debate I got into (laughs) a friend a while back was who is like the worst character, like or the most um, cringy character between George Costanza from Seinfeld or Michael Scott from The Office. <laughs> I personally think Michael Scott is the more cringe-worthy character because George Costanza is very self-aware about his um, flaws, whereas Michael Scott is much more blind to them. Um, but I want to know what you think. Uh, I'll start with the second one first. I'm not a fan of Seinfeld. Um just never, I mean, I watched it because it was just, you know, in the 90s, you just, you watch TV when it's on and it was on. Um, it was never my favorite. Like, I, I liked all the other shows, The Simpsons and Married with Children and um, Home Improvement, you name it. But Seinfeld, nah. I, I think one of the things I didn't like about it was, well, I mean, I, I, I just didn't like it generally. But Jerry Seinfeld, funny guy, terrible actor. He's just such a bad actor. He never really had a character. He just always played himself, and him, himself is just this emotionless... He's always got that smile on his face, like, this is stupid, but it's like he forgot to wipe that off his face when, when he was acting, you know? Like, he's backstage, like, this is so stupid, I can't believe I'm doing this, and then he just forgot to turn that off and then go act, and he's just out there acting, and it doesn't matter if he's happy, if he's sad, if he's angry, he's always got the same smile on his face, just like, eh, this is so stupid, I don't care. I'm rich, and this is dumb. But as far as cringe, it's Michael Scott. I mean, I I, I understand George Costanza is a little over the top, um, as is, obviously, uh, Kramer and whatnot. But, no, I, I don't remember ever being as uncomfortable as multiple times with Michael Scott. Character I associate with the most, it's not Michael Scott. It's not Dwight. There are some parts of Jim. He seems to be a little bit of a loner. Doesn't like doing stuff with people. 
doesn't like participating in like Halloween, like he doesn't like getting dressed up, like nah, I'm just gonna not do that. That seems kind of stupid. Um, there's that scene with Aaron where you know she's in the car and they're like, "What's wrong?" and she's like, "Get in." So then they sit in the car and she goes on like talking about all her problems and he just leans over and goes, "I'm gonna go." So I'm gonna go. Yep. And he gets out of the car and then he has the, the headshot and he's just like, "Sorry, that just wasn't interesting to me." So probably that one, maybe a little Stanley for the same reason, but probably more Jim. I'm I'm down for whatever, but as long as it's something I like, if it's something I don't like, then I just, I have no problem telling you I, I'm not interested. I think that's dumb and I'm not doing it. So probably Jim for that reason. Hey, Ryan, Dan from California. Hi. So when we had the COVID draft, the 2020 draft, uh-huh. going into that, I had the assumption because we've seen Brian Gutekind either hit on Jair and you see just the caliber of drafting he was doing. He got two first-round picks and all the stuff he was doing. Going in, right, we had all this confidence, and I was under the impression that with the lack of information, we would excel in the 2020 draft because we were just better than everyone else. So I thought that there's a potential that we would do better than everyone because our drafting is so good that the people that can't get the info and everything, all their questions asked the way they typically would, they would struggle. But it was the exact opposite, except for, you know, Jordan Love. We don't know what he is, right? But that entire draft, it's not what we thought it would be, right? You know, every... And then, you know, at first glance, it didn't look like the best class anyways because it's just, you know, there, w- there wasn't a lot of, like, guys people were expecting us to take. But I wonder your thoughts on it because does it illuminate something in our draft process where we're, you know, because I know that they were watching A.J. Dillon since he was in Boston College for a long time, right? So I know we have a long-term vision, but I, does it, do you think that we – make a lot of our rankings and decisions based on that window right before the draft? Do you, or do you think it's just kind of a crapshoot? Just a thought I had. Let me, let me know what you're thinking. Go Paco. So I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to get the timeline down. Um, because the 2020 draft would have come out of the 2019 class, Right. I don't exactly remember, because I think the 2021 draft would have been the big one where it's like everything was shut down. Like half the college programs are shut down. Like they didn't even play in 2020. And so I kind of feel like 2021 might have been more impacted by it. Because I, I, It wasn't until March that really we even heard of it. Maybe February that we started to hear about COVID. I think March is when it started to get a little bit serious. But I, I think the point is a lot of the legwork probably was done. I mean, the 2019 season, they're they going out to all these guys, they're handshaking, they're doing all that stuff. Um, so I, I don't know what part of the process um, would have been derailed in 2020. Um, that would have caused a lot of extra issues. But I will say that could be potentially another negative for Jordan Love if, if you wanted to, right? If you're, if you're just doing a pros and cons list for reasons to believe or not believe, 2020 draft class really was not good, right? A.J. Dillon is is fine, but in hindsight, you know, how critical has he been to our team? And and how many running backs 
since then? I mean, in, in 2020, 2021, 2022, um, could we have drafted second round or later that probably could have had a similar impact? Now, maybe that's unfair. Again, PFF freaking loves the guy. I was actually looking at um, EPA per rush, career EPA per rush. And I, I, I haven't talked about it on the podcast or whatever because it really doesn't make sense to me. Um, most are negative, which maybe is part of the reason none of these guys are getting paid. But, and almost all of the top ones are quarterbacks. In fact, the number one in the last, I think, five years EPA per rush is Aaron Rodgers. I know that seems like it doesn't make sense, but, you know, when he scrambles, it's only when there's opportunity. And a lot of times there are first downs as opposed to guys scrambling around and getting sacked and fumbled and everything else. But again, the whole thing didn't make sense. Point is, though... There were, let's say there's 20 running backs, not even probably, but let's just say 20 that were um, in the positive. I think the top two are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I'm talking about like Jamal Charles. So it wouldn't have been, the, it wouldn't have been five years. It was, it was a longer period than that. But like top, top, top running backs. And here's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon like at the top of the actual running back list. So I, I don't know. A.J. Dillon is an anomaly to me. Because it's like, we, I don't personally see it. You know, when I see his vision and whatnot, he kind of annoys me. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. AJ even seems to acknowledge he had kind of a down year last year, and it's not what it should be. But at the same time, again, PFF thinks he's an elite running back. EPA per rush, which I need to kind of dig more into that and, and confirm, verify, whatever. Maybe I did something wrong, crossed a few incorrectly, the T's or something, I don't know there's just some things sticking out where he has these elite stats and it's like what what is that where is that coming from and again i'm not even talking about cumulative because we know aaron jones is a premier running back despite the lack of cumulative stats although last year was fantastic because of the lack of usage but dylan is weird to me but anyways 2020 aside from so you know aj dylan is a question mark honestly josiah deguara you know maybe he can be a good football player, but you still, at this point, like, I mean, how good is he possibly going to be? He's basically going to be tight end three if all things go as planned right now with Kraft and Musgrave. Um, and how much more value could there have been if we had gone in a different direction? Kamal Martin, terrible pick. Uh, John Runyon was solid, obviously, for a sixth-round guy. Uh, Jake Hansen, I mean, again, sixth round as a backup offensive lineman, I guess maybe okay, but not super good. Simon Stepniak is gone. Um, and then, well... If you really think about it, it's not the worst draft in the world. I mean, Jonathan Garvin has been hanging around for a long time. That's a seventh-round pick, and we're talking about a pass rusher. Seventh-round pass rushers never do anything. Uh, Vernon Scott lingered for a while. We got a starter. I mean, part of the problem is we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks, and um, one, two, three, four, five, six of them were fifth-round or later. It's a lot of late picks, and so... We don't have a lot of clarity on the first three because basically none of them have been utilized. A.J. Dillon has been on a team that doesn't run the ball a ton, and he's the number two on that list of guys that don't run the ball a ton. Jordan Love hasn't played yet. Josiah DeGuara, we kind of like, but he just doesn't get utilized. And then you look at late-round guys, and it's like, okay, out of fifth through seventh round, I have almost no expectations. And out of that, we got a one of the honestly one of the best pass-blocking guards in football in John Runyon. An actual serviceable pass rusher who is our second seventh-round pick, which is ridiculous, and we got a backup offensive lineman in Jake Hansen. Um, you know, when you look at it just in a glance, it's like, oh, this is brutal. But now that I really look at when they were picked and where they're contributing, it's really not the worst. But 
again, we need definitive closure on Josiah. Um, I, I would like to see more from Dylan to see, you know, give this guy a full workload and see what he can do. Because I do think when he starts getting 25 carries in a game, like when you actually give him the rock, like that freaking Tennessee game his first year, that's when he seems to shine. When he gets, you know, 8, 10 carries, I don't know. It just it seems like he doesn't get an opportunity to get rolling a little bit. Like he needs to just smack a few people and kind of get into it and get into a rhythm. It's just a theory. It's probably bunk, but I'm just saying. And then Jordan Love, we got to see. I, I'm all over the place with your question. I know I didn't get it directly with the COVID thing, and maybe I'm just way off. Um, I could look into it and start pulling up articles to try to see like what it was like back then, but I, I, I don't think I'm wrong about that. I know there were probably some restrictions on the draft, obviously. I th- well, I, is that right? 2020 was when it was remote draft? It was, right? Because we had Rodgers kind of remoted into the Pat McAfee show, although that's how it would have been anyways. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. The point is, I think a lot of the legwork, it probably would have been a lot harder for 2021. And um, I think 2021 is a massive question mark as well. I mean, Eric Stokes is still a question mark. It's crazy. See, this is part of what annoys me with the Packers, and I'm sure there's other teams that do that, but we've leaned so hard on veterans and take so much time to get people acclimated. I mean, Stokes is a different story. He got a full workload year one and then got hurt year two, but there's way too many question marks for way too many draft classes. I mean, we're talking 2020 and 2021 and we don't have answers yet because Dylan's not being used and Jordan hasn't been used and Josiah's not being used and Stokes hasn't been used for crying out loud, man. But all right. So Stokes is a question mark. Josh Myers, I think, is a little underrated by Packer fans right now. Um, and there's some question about can he make that sort of third-year leap. I guess we'll see. Um, I think he's he kind of has become John Runyon. He's, he's, he actually was graded out as a very good pass rusher, uh, blocker last year, just terrible run blocker. Um, Amari's gone. Royce might have been a swing and a miss. Um, hopefully he's at least a serviceable backup. But we got fifth-round TJ Slayton, who's there. Shamar Jean Charles is a backup uh, slot guy as a fifth round pick. Isaiah McDuffie, I think, is a really solid pick in round six. Um, so again, it, it just depends how much you want to put on it. it. The draft really does come down, I think, a lot to getting good value where you find it. But the most important thing is the early round picks, right? Isaiah McDuffie is a good sixth round pick. That's the problem with the sixth round, and it's the reason why you need to capitalize on your first, second, and and third round or if you're the Packers first second fourth round I think most teams after the third round they're done Packers cannot hit it in the third round but are magical in the fourth round it's the weirdest freaking thing in the world but really I mean especially the first round second round there's definitely some solid talent there and we just I just think we have too many question marks which is unfortunate because we've had a lot of picks and um, I think there's a lot of talent but I just want some answers man but I think that's a lot of what this year is it's a fact-finding thing what what is christian watson what's romeo dobbs what's Jaden reed what's Dontavian wicks what's millie keith what's samori turi what's grant debose you know i mean give me an answer on elton jenkins at offensive line i mean he hasn't been able to sit anywhere and just play you know josh myers i need an answer zach tom what is zach tom what is what is uh, luke musgrave tucker craft josiah deguara jordan love aj dillon tj slayton Devonte wyatt colby wooden carl brooks jonathan ford Lucas Van Ness, Quay Walker, Rudy Ford, uh, Keyshawn, kind of, Anders Carlson. I mean, some of these guys are rookies, but the point is, I mean, it's probably half our team. I'm sitting here going, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what we got going on here. There's always a question about a player and how they're going to perform, but not to this degree where there's just actually not enough information. 
Unlike other people, it's like, well, the information would indicate it'll probably be this, but you never know. Like, the, the, the data says Jair's probably going to be a good corner. He could be garbage this year. I have no idea. Stuff happens. But we got enough information to say he should be pretty good. Hey, Ryan Kyle from the big old CF again. Hey. No, no. You're, you're a little bit behind again, but you're just talking about the quarterback series. Finish yeah. it. It's great. But um, I was going to say you're talking about extra work. You know, so the kind of just seems like Jordan Love is kind of maybe on that same trajectory because everything you're reading, he's putting in the time with these guys and everything else. I'm not sure you had one So um, I guess. Um, Even the drive throughs yeah. Would you like fries with that? Um, you know, one of the things that was a little discouraging, and I'm sure Jordan's got some great trainers, but, man, you look at some of the stuff that Kirk's doing, but especially Pat Mahomes is doing, and that guy's got a billion dollars. I mean, he had his like high, high school, or even before that, his trainer, he, he had him move to Kansas City to be his trainer. Um, they've got this facility, and I, I don't know about you, if you watched it, I didn't see anybody else in the facility, so it's like a private Pat Mahomes workout where it's only Pat Mahomes and his trainer getting the whole place, and they've got these machines, and like he's holding up these things to track like the, the miles per hour of every single movement, and, um, you know, I, I, but, but again, it's, I mean, Jordan Love could have some of that stuff. He might have all of that stuff. He might be putting that level of work. There's a lot of different levels of work. You know what I mean? It's It's one thing to, like, go to the gym and you know, do bench press and stretch and then go throw the ball around with, with uh, some of your receivers, which is great. That's better than, than you know, not doing anything or, or just studying a little bit, I guess. But then there's, like, the next level where, you know, Kirk Cousins is questionable as some of his methods may be. You know, he's he's got the chiropractor coming in, then he's got the deep tissue massage, then he's got, you've got that thing he, like, plugged into the top of his head. You see that? I swear he, like, took a thing and stabbed it into the top of his skull and then he's like watching a movie and it starts going blacking out, like trying to train his brain to focus better. Like <laughs> these guys are, I don't know how much that stuff works, but that's freaking some next level stuff that I'm, I'm thinking Jordan isn't doing a lot of that. Maybe he shouldn't. I don't know. I, I'd love for him to get plugged in with whatever Pat's doing, but um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, that he seems to be a worker for sure. Um, I think a lot of the guys that we have are. People are just different, man. Some guys, I mean, especially young guys. You got the the rookie Jordan Addison, who's just in the news for doing 140 miles an hour in a 55. I mean, it's just stupid stuff. He bought a Lamborghini and is doing 140 miles an hour. First of all, those things ain't cheap. Like, I, I know you got paid. I know you got millions of dollars. But you spent, what, like a quarter million? I mean, maybe you rented it. I don't know. But you spent, what, a quarter million dollars on a car? And now you're doing 155? I mean, these are not wise decisions. This is not the kind of guy that I'm thinking, you know what, he is making real wise decisions, nose to the grindstone. No, I don't think so. It can be both, but I mean, generally, people who make good decisions make good decisions. People who make bad decisions make bad decisions. That's all I'm saying. But again, putting in work is just part of the equation. There's a lot of guys out there putting in work that are just not good at football. So um, it's step one. We need a culture. You build that culture of people that are that are driven and psychotic about football, right? Not about I'm here to collect a paycheck, um, focused on the offseason. You know, people that, again, when they get older in their careers, I'm not just trying to pick on Rodgers. I'm saying this is a normal thing about guys when they get into their 30s and they've already been paid and everything else. The, the whole mantra is, I hate the offseason, right? It's just a bad attitude. I mean, not everybody. I mean, some guys are still workers, you know? 
Some guys are still there to, to, to grind and everything else, but for a lot of them, it's like, this is beneath me. This is stupid. I don't like this. I shouldn't have to do this. And, um, you know, it's a culture of, of, I don't know, it's like a, it's almost like a two-tiered system where we've got the guys that know what they're doing, the superstars, the guys who are actually going to do it, and then you got these morons that actually need this so that they can learn and everything else. It's just, I want a culture that is, we are one unified unit that is driven and will drive each other to make sure we're always doing the right things to get to where we need to be. That's the culture aspect. Then we build talent on top of that. And I think we just had a hollowed out team before that had talent, but a terrible culture. It's the only thing I can come up with. 2021, uh, there was, or 2020, there was no excuse. No excuse whatsoever. That team should have won. And they just, they didn't have it. They didn't believe. They didn't play like they cared. And uh, that, I think that was when, that was officially when I knew that, you know, again, my, my whole thing is what do you do? Now what? Because every year it was, you know, you, you, you fell short and you could see why. And it's like, okay, here's what we need to build. Here's what we need to do. And 2020 was like, if, if we can't win with this, we just can't win. It's just a breaking point, you know? Like, this, this is just never going to work. And then 2021, again, it was, it was run it back again. And it just got worse. In 2022, we're going to try to run it back again. And it got worse. I mean, like, a lot worse. And, and I think everybody finally came to the realization, like, okay, enough. This isn't going to work. So it's good to see, and hopefully they can keep it up. Obviously, you can't count on everybody. There's always going to be a, a group of guys that are up in age and even young guys that have bad attitudes. I'm, I'm appreciative. I've done a complete 180 on this. I, I used to not care at all. You know, we want high-character guys like, dude, go get a freaking psychopath straight out of prison. I don't care. I just want to be good at football. Anyways, you fine folks, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, Shout-out to uh, Frank Cannon. Appreciate the support on Venmo, my friend. It really is um, appreciated and helpful. Also, I don't know if I ever said thanks to Corey. This was like a month ago. Thank you for your support on Venmo. Any and all support, thank you guys so much. Eric on Patreon, if I didn't say it from a few days ago. Really, really appreciate the support. Uh, one thing real quick I wanted to bring up. Oh, that spammer idiot left me a voicemail. I hate that so much. Uh, if you've been listening for a while, you remember uh, my buddy Adam used to have a thing where he sold meat. And if you were kind of in the Wisconsin area, you could buy from him. Well, he just recently joined a cooperative. So it's him and a bunch of other guys, ladies, whatever, that banded together so that they can, you know, supply a larger area around the country. So if you're looking to jump online and grab some steaks or some, some ground beef or whatever, I want to point you over to, it's called Grass-Fed Cooperative. G-R-A-S-S-F-E-D-C-O-O-P-E-R-A-T-I-V-E.com. Sounds like a little jingle children's nursery rhyme but uh adam's a good man he's a good friend of mine i said a while ago he's been trying to he quit his job and is trying to live off his land and whatnot trying to see his dreams come through and i'm always excited to support people who are doing that and he gave you a promo code if i could find it oh packer 10 p-a-c-k-e-r one zero he put capital p i don't think that's relevant but maybe just do that just in case you get 10 percent off so if you're in the market you want to have some steaks or whatever delivered to your house Check them out, grassfedcooperative.com. Use promo code PACKER10 for 10% off. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan. This is Aaron. Um, hey. I'm on my walk at lunch during on work. Love I it. just had a prime energy drink, which I didn't realize was like 200 milligrams of caffeine. Wow. And then I also had three shots of espresso. So, I'm- so energy drinks are <laughs> they're getting kind of crazy, I've noticed. Like... uh it was that that one company that they make all these different flavors that are kind of crazy. And what I've realized is it's like pre-workout mixed into an energy drink because it has that same like chalky taste and I get like the, the itchiness that I get from pre-workout stuff. But anyways, they got like, oh yeah, it's an energy drink with creatine. And I'm like, why would you need this? I'm like, oh, it's basically a pre-workout. But yeah, they, they've really ramped up. I've seen Prime. I don't think I've ever tried it. Maybe I have. I stick to Old Faithful, man. I, I got those drinks that I had when like when Red Bull first came out, and that was like the only thing, and it was like a new thing. And I'm kind of mad at myself, because for whatever reason, I saw that, and I'm like, this is going to be the next big thing, like energy drinks. I just know it. And I was like a teenager, but I was like, if I, if I ever, that's like my only time I ever thought I would invest in something like that, and I should have, because then Monster blew up, and everything blew up, but um, I generally just stick with Monster. Occasionally, you know, because they got like the single cans. I'll try a couple different little things here and there. So I may have tried Prime, but I know Mountain Dew has got some. I've tried some of those, but I, I just go grab a case of Monster. Simple and easy. Kind of wired right now and decided I just gave you a call. Anyway, um, I completely forgot what I was going to talk that's about. What happens. Anyways, I'll just flip them out of order. <laughs> um, so, oh, wait, that's what I was going to talk about. So, Brian Baumgartner yeah. being on the show. I, if you get someone to vol- uh, interview him, I volunteer as tribute. Okay. I can't promise it'll be a good interview. That's the problem. But have you ever seen the SNL skit of Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney? No. 
I, I feel like it would be a lot like that. Um, I can pick. I can yeah, picture anyways, it. Anyways, so next thing I was going to talk about. All right. On the topic of trends that I just wish would be gone like the wind, sure. is when people um, are like, "I'm him." Oh, jeez, that's so I'm stupid. Him. Like that. Bo- it, it, I don't know why. It just annoys the crap out of me. And it doesn't make sense. What does it mean? What does that mean? He is him. I know. Everybody that is that 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 doesn't mean anything. It applies to everybody, and it's also annoying because. It, it feels like it's not really much of a thing anymore, aside from Justin Fields. Like, Bears fans have monopolized that. They have gone out, like, Justin Fields is him. Like, it's it's still, like, it was, a th- like, a big thing, and then it fizzled real quick. I don't see it much anymore, I but I it is nonstop with Bears fans talking about Justin Fields. But it is stupid. And, and, and again, my gripe, like always, is there's this new thing. That young people are saying, because that's what young people do. They come up with new things because it's like a rebellious thing. we got to come up with our own language because old people language is stupid and we're smart and everyone else is stupid and I know everything. Okay, fine. Do your thing. But then you get the 40-year-olds in there like, oh, he is him. Jordan Love is him, bro. It's like, oh, good Lord, stop it. You sound so stupid. Like, sure, you're good and all. But, like, be humble. Don't say weird stuff. Because <laughs> uh, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, third thing, I'm going to have a show recommendation here for you because okay. this is a show that you can really quickly watch. It's just an easy, quick, fun watch. It's called Jury Duty. Okay. It's for free on Amazon Prime. It's basically, there's like this fake. Is that the reality trial, thing? Right? There's this jury and everything. Everything's fake except for one person. They're all actors. My grandma recommended that. I completely forgot. It was so random. She was like, I watched She said it was so unbelievably good. But, well, I'll let you explain. Except for one person. Yeah. And so it's just like this kind of just big prank show where they're just messing with this guy and it's absolutely hilarious. Um, it's a really quick watch. There's only like a, like, ah. Uh, there's less than 10 episodes, and they're all really short. Um, so if you want to binge it, go ahead, uh, but I just recommend it. It's called Jury Duty. It's absolutely hilarious. Anyways, I hope I don't die of a heart attack, because I just overflowed my body with caffeine. Um, so, anyways, shalom. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I completely forgot. My grandma recommended that to us. And uh, I should see if I can... You can hang up. There you go. (laughs) He is, like, stoned out of his mind with caffeine. Um, Shalom. I love that that's everybody's thing now. Shalom, my brother. Um, But yeah, apparently it's, like, a completely fake thing, which I don't know how you can do that. I'm sure it's kind of explained, but it's like you, you lie to somebody that they have jury duty, and then, what, they tell their work, like, I can't come into work because I have jury duty, and then they just lied to their employer, and they actually weren't on jury duty? Isn't there, like, a form that gets sent to the employer or something? And then, I, I don't know how that would be a thing. So now this person is not going to work, and is not with their family. They're they're instead listening to this fake trial. And also, beyond all of that, I mean, maybe they had to get the employer to sign off on it as well or something, I don't know. Um... This could have gone horribly wrong. Like, apparently, and I'm, I'm guessing they're going to try to do another season. It seemed, you know, my grandma was skeptical. Like, well, everybody would know now. Well, first of all, I don't think too many people know about the show, but they've been able to keep Undercover Boss going forever. 
even though I think everybody kind of knows now. Everyone's so fake on that show. Like, oh, I, I just work so hard every day, and, and I I don't take breaks. And, I'm you know, there's that one idiot that steals things and smokes pot right in front of them because they don't get it. But obviously these other people kind of know what's going on. But the point is, there could be more seasons. How risky is it? Because apparently this was a really, really good person. Um, and that's what made the show kind of great is the the they ended up picking like a really good person to be on the jury. What if you just got like a racist or something, you know? Like, <laughs> he just picked the absolute wrong person. And it's like, I don't know, guilty or innocent. It's like, I think we should send the Arab back to his country. Like, whoa. Whoops. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we can do this, this show. So, never mind. We were joking. You can go back to your job that you don't have anymore. Partially because there's no jury duty and you lied. And partially because what you just said that and... That probably will hurt you from being employed in the future. By the way, if you clip that, <laughs> I'm I will kill you. <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't care anymore. Obviously. And this is Aaron again. Hey, um, what's up, man? So, I'm just giving you a call back. Uh, calm down. No heart attack yet, at least. Anyways, so... In my fandom journey, I grew up in the time where it was like I was a really young kid getting into football for when the St. Louis Rams were the greatest show on turf. Yeah. And in that season, I became, I became a huge fan of Marshall Falk and thus oh, yeah. my born my love for running backs. Definitely. Um, and seeing how important they can be if utilized properly. And then once... Uh, toward the tail end of Brett Favre's career, and as Aaron Rodgers had his like big game where he came in and just dominated the Cowboys, I was like, "Oh, look, a good quarterback that's named Aaron." And I was still young enough when that mattered, yeah, and so I became sense. a Packer fan, and now I've been a diehard Packer fan ever since. Nice. Uh, but anyways, my point is, I wonder if there are a disproportionate number of fans of the team that are named Aaron for that kind of a reason, or like Jordy. Like, the very few amount of Jordys that exist, they're all Packer fans, because they saw Jordy, you know, assuming they don't already have an allegiance. I just wonder how much... I mean, obviously, Aaron here isn't the only one that's ever had that happen to him. We should draft people that have common names. And also, uh, we shouldn't, like, double up. So, like, if Jordan doesn't work out, we shouldn't draft another Aaron because we're not going to attract new Aarons. Well, I guess we could, a younger group of Aarons, but try to find common names. Like, what's the new name these days? Like, Jackson or something? Notice the young people are, are getting weirder and weirder with names. Like, everybody I went to school with was named John and Matt and Mike and Stephen and Ryan and Brian. Everyone. And then there was Sarah and Amy and Ashley they all had the same names. We, I mean, not the same names, but those were the names. And I don't think they were weird at the time. Like, nobody was like, I'm going to name her Ashley. And like, ugh, Ashley, that's such a... I just, I can't get used to that. That's so... It's, it's a normal name. You know what I noticed? I don't even know how we got on this topic. Old people names are coming back. Like, the names of my parents and grandparents. Like, William, Oliver, Henry. That's part of it. And then you just got these other kind of weirdish things that are happening. But the top five rising names are Dutton, for boys, Dutton, Case, Chosen, Kaza, and Ethan. There you go, Ethan. And then girls are Renly, Naraya, Arlet, Georgina, 
and Amiri. Why does Narnia come to mind? Like, what, what, what are we... I don't understand. People are just bored today. I'm sorry, what were you talking about? Is that... I'm looking at the pa- this Packers team. Oh, yeah. And all the players that we have. Yep. And then I was also reflecting on the greatest show on turf, the yeah. old St. Louis Rams, and thinking about that. And it's, it's amazing. Like, I, I, for me, the team seems fairly similar. And... I'm not saying that they're going to be that high-flying offense like those that Rams team was, but seeing the diversity of players that we have and the different types of talents that we have from tight end to to receivers to running backs, we have every possible thing covered. And not only do we not have holes for the most part, we have multiple ways that we can attack you and come after you because of the types of players that we have. We don't just have regular wide receivers. We don't just have a running back. Like, we have A.J. Dillon and we have Aaron Jones and we have all the receivers that we've got. They're all different types. And for pe- people don't pay enough attention to the fact that that is going to make such a difference. That is going to have so many different options to open up the offense and like, we can come at you from so many different angles. and But as I'm reflecting, it's just like, this team has so much potential. This team can so far exceed expectations if, if things just fall into place properly. And I'm excited to see what happens. And that's a big if they fall into place properly and if people work out. But I don't think people are ready for this team if... It does work out if they beat expectations. Um, but anyways, so go Pat, go. Yeah, you got cut off right at the end, it looks like. But I just want to bring up one point. Everyone's talking about how, um, you know, quarterback, or what am I talking about here? The, the youth is evidence that we're going to be bad. I, I think it can be complicated to be cohesive when everybody's young. But this isn't an argument anybody's ever really made up until we decided to, you know, just say that the Packers cannot be good. The number one quarterback in the NFL last year, via PFF, was Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's 26. Let me rattle off a couple of wide receiver names for you. Amon Ross St. Brown is 23. Justin Jefferson is 24 years old. CeeDee Lamb, somehow, is 24 years old. Garrett Wilson is 22. Drake London is 21. Jamar Chase is 23. What about Kyle Pitts, who's 22 at tight end? Or even Pat Fryermuth, who's one of the top tight ends in the NFL, at 24 years old. Number one running back, Josh Jacobs, is 25 years old. Running backs who ranked uh, in the top 10 outside of that. Devin Singletary, who's 25. Tyler Algier, who is a rookie at 23. A.J. Dillon at 25. Among the top five offensive linemen, just overall, any position, top five offensive linemen include 26-year-old Chris Lindstrom, 24-year-old Christian Derrissaw, 24-year-old Andrew Thomas, and 24-year-old Creed Humphrey. I don't know who decided that youth means you're bad. I don't know where that came from. 
Because even if you look at this draft class, there's a lot of hope and excitement about young players, especially skilled players. Right, wide receivers, we just automatically assume they're going to be elite. Jackson Smith and Jigba, that dude's going to be a superstar. Why? Jaden Reed isn't. Heck, Christian Watson's going into year two. We don't even think he's going to be a superstar. Why is youth a negative for the Packers when it doesn't seem to be a negative league-wide? In fact, most of the superstars are young, which makes sense. By the time you hit 30, very few people are still playing at a high level. There are the elite of the elite, and that's why there's a lot of guys like uh, Trent Williams, who's like 38 and one of the best of all time at uh, the offensive tackle position. Unbelievable human being. Been playing since 2010. He's never been playing as well as he has since he got to San Francisco in the last three years. He's 35, but still just ridiculous. But youth seems to be a positive around the league, more so than a negative. I understand being a rookie can be kind of negative. But Jordan Love's been in the system now for, what, four years? Watson's in year two, right? I mean, we, we've been hearing nonstop Justin Fields is going to tear up the league because he's in year two of this system. You know, Christian Watson's in year two. Romeo Dobbs is in year two. Two top five defensive tackles include 25-year-old Quinnen Williams and 25-year-old Dexter Lawrence. Defensive tackles take a while. But even two of the top five guys there are not even beyond 25 years old. Pass rushers, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, Bryce Huff, Max Crosby. The oldest of that group is 27-year-old Miles Garrett, who, by the way, as a rookie, was an elite football player. Micah Parsons is 24. He was 23 last year. He was elite as a rookie. Rookie of the year by a mile. He was the best player. Nick Bosa is 25. Four years ago, he was an elite football player at the age of 21. Bryce Huff had his first good year, but he's just 25. And Max Crosby's 25. He's been great the last two years. So at 24, he was an elite football player. I just listed all five of the top five pass rushers. Every single one of the top five pass rushers, according to PFF. And of course, Rashawn Gary is young, and Elton Jenkins is young, and Jair is young. We have a lot of young players on the team. We don't seem too concerned about it. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely deluded to the idea that it's, it's going to be difficult or, or that it's a benefit to have some experience. But there's also benefits to being youthful. I watched that quarterback series. You know what I noticed at the end? Kirk Cousins was broken. Pat Mahomes, I, I, I didn't completely finish it, but that dude's fine. I mean, he, he got that, I saw where he, he hurt his ankle. Right, But not his entire body break. I'm not talking about a single solitary injury. The point is, these old guys, man, they can't hold up. I remember Brett Favre. He looked great until December. Once it started getting cold, that dude was broken. He couldn't do it. He couldn't move. He couldn't function. He was bad. I think that's kind of a little bit with Rodgers as well. You could tell he did not want to get hit. And I understand that, but I'm just saying it, it affects you when you're the quarterback and you're starting to get a little happy feet. You know, Tom Brady, that dude just curls up in the fetal position. He doesn't care. He's not about to take a hit. I'll play, and I mean, he has a, a, a great sixth sense of when pressure's coming, but as soon as he feels it, pfft, nope, dropping. I'm not taking a hit. I'm not going to stand in there and take it. I mean, Kirk Cousins, man, it, it, it took him all week to get rebounded. You, you don't really think about those things as much, but he played a Thursday night game, and he's like, I'm not healed. I need all seven days. I'm not healed. My, my ribs are freaking busted up, dude. I can feel it. It is beyond painful. He took one hit, and he's like, I, I'm dying here. Like, I re-injured it. I can't. Like, this is horrific. And there's Pat Mahomes just running and jumping around like nothing. He's a young kid. 
That's why, I mean, again, you had uh, Mercedes Lewis on veteran rest day. He basically got a guy never practiced. Aaron Rodgers had veteran rest day. David Bakhtiari had veteran rest day. These are good football players, but, man, their bodies break down, which also makes it harder in the postseason. So, yes, there are negatives, but there's also positives, and I don't know why we only focus on the negatives, especially when we're talking about how they're not going to be good because they're young. All the best players are the young players. Justin Jefferson comes out and is the best wide receiver in football. And then Jamar Chase comes out and breaks the record that he broke. Like, what are we talking about? What, like guys are bad when they're on their rookie contract and then when they hit 30, man, they really hit their stride? What, what world are we living in here? And it's not just year one, because that's not even true. We're not leaning on year one players. Again, Christian Watson is year two. Romeo Dobbs is year two. Elton Jenkins is young, but he's like year freaking three, four. Myers is young, but he's going into year three. Runyon is young, he's going into year four. Zach Tom is young, but he's going into year two. Dylan is young, Love is young, but these are not rookies. Wyatt's young, he's not a rookie. Quay is young, he's not a rookie. The only rookies that we might be leaning on are what, Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave? I mean, we're going to have other people play, but that's not what this hinges on. This hinges on Jordan Love, not a rookie. Aaron Jones, not a rookie. Watson and Dobbs and Reed, one rookie in that group. The tight ends, which I don't know who's going to be starting and who's not, but... Maybe two out of three will be rookies. An offensive line that has zero rookies. A defensive line that has, you know, two out of six. Edge rushers that has, you know, one out of five. Inside linebackers, zero. Corners, zero. Safeties, probably zero. Maybe Anthony Johnson, but probably not. So again, I'm not being disingenuous by talking about young guys, but not rookies, because we're not talking about rookies. It's not rookies. We're talking about a young football team, and I'm, I'm glad that it's a young football team. It's going to take some time for them to get going, but I, I love that it's a young football team. Who wouldn't love that? We used, to, people used to, we used to brag about that, how we're the youngest team in football. Oh, man, look at that. You're the oldest. You suck. Now the Packers are the youngest by far, and it's like, oh, this is the worst thing in the world because they don't have any veteran wide receivers. Okay, so what? You want to go out and get some other bum veteran wide receiver that's really going to fix things? We're going to say, Jaden Reed, why don't you sit on the bench, even though you're clearly much more talented than anybody else, and we'll find some guy that's over the hill and can't do anything, but has a lot of experience and is going to run routes like a 90-year-old man and not do anything. I, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'd rather roll the dice with what we got. There's going to be some, you know issues along the way but you know it's like christian watson he, he might run a wrong route he might drop a pass that other guys might not drop because he has drop issues he's also going to take a little seven yard crosser and freaking house the thing so i'll take the good with the bad and, and again that's that's the larger issue i've had with this whole narrative around the packers yes there's bad but everybody only wants to acknowledge the bad and we can't look at the positive side of it even on one issue there's positives and negatives but we only focus on the negatives not the positives, which universally, being a young team used to be a positive, right? I mean, the, just the impact on, on the health of the team, the impact on the athleticism of the team, the impact on the motivation of the team, the impact on the salary cap, which is massive. But no, we focus on the inexperience, and that's the only thing we talk about, and now we laugh because it's going to be a disaster, Packers are in the basement, blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up, dude. All right, Aaron, get your third call in there, man. <laughs> Sorry, I got cut off there. That's all right. Sorry, I called you three times. You're good. Uh, I got cut off because I was getting too hype about the Packers. How about that? Um, Anyways, but yeah, it's just reflecting on the Rams. They had different types of players that could beat you in many different ways. Yep. And they were just better than you in many different ways. And I can see this team having that so much potential, like two 
very different types of tight ends that we just drafted. All the speed, all the shiftiness we have at receiver, and it's it's just very worth the hype, I think. Um, but anyways, yep. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Shalom. Um, I mean the the Packers. Okay, <laughs> you gotta work on that hanging up thing. The the Packers have the ability, in theory, to be the most dangerous team in all of football. Somebody had made that that case about like the defense or whatever, but but that's only in theory. We have all the pieces, like you, you mentioned, with all the athleticism of. I mean, there are not many people in the NFL that that are Christian Watsons. The the, the number might be zero if you factor in his height, right? Unbelievably rare. Musgrave. There there might be one or two that are in the same category, but I don't know that that's even the case. He may be the biggest freak as far as just being a tall, fast, wide, uh, tight end. Then you add in Tucker Craft and what that dynamic could be. You've got Jaden Reed and, and Romeo Dobbs who bring a different dynamic. I think Jordan loves ceiling, which again, remember... Some of his comps were Mahomes. Not saying he's Mahomes, I'm just saying he has all that ability to do the crazy outside the pocket, off the back foot, sidearm, behind the back nonsense. So all of that, and and just across the board with Devontae Wyatt and all the, the upside that these guys have, and that's that's the way that the Packers draft. It's it's also because we have the ability to be positive on all these things without, you know, the the ability of foresight. I, I don't know who's going to be bad, and we, we can assume that some of them won't be, uh, or won't be good, I should say, because we, we, we have so many unknowns. Yeah, you could just check the box good all the way down, and that, that's what makes us potentially the most dangerous, whereas everybody else, you know, you, you have more information and some of it's bad. But, um, but yeah, we, we, we have to get there, and, that, and that's the thing, and I don't know how much time that's going to take. Again, it, it could happen... Week one, it could happen mid-season. It could happen at the end of the season. It might not happen until next year. It might not happen at all because we might not have the guys. Jordan Love's bad. Christian Watson takes a step back. Dobbs was never really that dude. Jaden didn't really do much. The tight ends still can't do jack squat. Devontae Wyatt can't do anything. Zach Tom isn't as good as we thought he was. He's kind of a little flash in the pan. David Bakhtiari now is leaving. Um... You know, Aaron Jones is out the door. AJ Dillon proved that he's probably not the guy. So we got to figure out what to do with that situation. Are we going to pay him a bunch of money to stay? Although the running back market would dictate the fact that we're probably not going to pay him much either way. But whatever, he's probably staying. He's he's very much committed to the region. So I'm sure if they ask him for uh, or offer him a low contract, he'd probably take it. Maybe not. I don't know. You know, I mean, um, Stokes might not be the dude, and then we got to eventually move on from Razul. I would assume. You know, maybe Quay doesn't ever take a step, and Kenny's not the dude, and it's time to go by. I mean, this this thing could go real hard south if you just do that same exercise, but everything's bad, dude. We suck real, real bad. You know, but yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm with you. There's every reason to be excited, and, and you're right. That is the cool thing about it is it's not just a bunch of question marks in terms of maybe they're good, maybe they're good, maybe they're good. It's it's the way in which they're good. These are weapons that other teams do not have. I, you're not going to find a Christian Watson basically anywhere else. Even even you look at MVS. MVS is not as big. He's not as fast. He's not as as dynamic. He's he's nothing like Christian Watson. Tyreek Hill is, is probably faster and shiftier. So I'm I'm not even going to try to compare. I'm I'm just saying though. Try to find a Christian Watson who's who has the same height and uh, 
wingspan and speed. I, I just don't know if that guy's out there. Maybe he is. You can, you can find someone with that same height and probably 40 time, but put that on the field and show me a guy that has that 23-mile-an-hour speed. I don't know you're going to find it. But we just got to see it, man. I, I, just, I'm, I swear time has just stopped. Time has stopped. A month ago, we were a week away <laughs> from training camp. And um, my goodness, we gotta we gotta get her going here. But I gotta get her going too. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Uh, bye bye. <laughs>